you're tuned in to the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. Powerful ideas to rock your restaurant. Here's your host, Roger Bodwin. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. I sincerely hope that this COVID crisis is finding you well and that you're staying healthy. That is the most important thing. You know, I'm a huge believer in systems and what I call the exit strategy. And obviously an exit strategy means different things to different people. But think of it this way. What if your staff had your back? What if every area of your operation was systemized so that you just had more free time? Isn't that really what we're looking for? Well, now during this pandemic, restaurants, lots of you, are out there either idle, shut down completely, trying to put a plan together to reopen. Maybe you have pivoted to a delivery or a takeout model, or maybe you just have more free time than ever. Maybe that part of your business is working, but right now is the time to put your house in order, to create systems in each department. So today, I'm really excited to be talking to Tony Smith. He is the CEO and the co-founder of Restaurant 365. You know, I first came across Restaurant 365 a couple of years back at the National Restaurant Association show, and I sat down and they gave me a walkthrough, a demo of Restaurant 365, and I was very impressed with that. And that was years ago, and now the capabilities are so much greater. So this is really an all-in-one back office solution that integrates, and it's cloud-based, by the way. It integrates your accounting, your inventory, your manager logs, your sales reporting, as well as labor scheduling, all these things and so much more. So stay tuned to this episode. I'm speaking with Tony all about Restaurant 365 and what they're doing to help operators right now during the crisis. Plus, there is a free demo, very similar to what I received at restaurant365.com. So you definitely want to check that out as well. So listen on. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Restaurant Rockstars podcast, and these are engaging topics that help restaurants build their brands, rock their profits, deliver amazing guest service experiences, and help them put systems in place in their restaurant. And the time is right. My guest today is Mr. Tony Smith, and he is the CEO and the co-founder of a company called Restaurant 365, which literally consolidates all the key back-of-house functions in your restaurant to make it more efficient, more productive, and give you you know, uh, a competitive advantage, I like to say. So welcome to the show, Tony. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thank you, Roger. I appreciate you taking the time to spend it with me. Well, again, you know, this podcast is all about giving operators information so that they can make informed decisions on how they can improve their operation. We're really about giving them latest and greatest technology or marketing or finance tips or guest service tips or anything they can do, again, to move the needle forward. And that's really the reason for being for Restaurant 365. I know that your bio includes, you know, several really in-depth tech experiences where you literally engineered really powerful software. And Restaurant 365 is is no um, exception to that. But before we get into all of that, let's talk about, I know that you've got something called Restaurant 365 Pulse. Will you please tell us what that is and, and what you've learned from this and how we can make more informed decisions as we move forward? Because again, this crisis is unprecedented. It's affected the entire industry. It's turned it upside down. And now we're just trying to put things right side back up and give everybody a fighting chance for the future. Yeah, you're so right. It really has turned things on their head and and it has a lot of people spinning. So when 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 this crisis hit, we created R365 Pulse, which you know we're we're in a unique spot because we have uh, you know ten thousand plus, well over ten thousand restaurants with data from sales to uh, you know food cost, all of these things that we can see what is happening with the industry right now. <clears throat> and so we created R365 Pulse to grab that data and start to do an analysis on what's happening from an aggregated uh, level. And some of the things we learned are the entire industry is down about 77%. And Mm -hmm. it's been hovering there. It really took a dip off in March 11th. That was a key day. And we we have a post, if you go and, and read about it, where we talk about some of the thoughts of why that was the day. But from there, things really dropped down very rapidly over one week. And over those two weeks, the industry really bottomed out around 80% below normal sales level. And right now, it's hovering about 75 to 77% below 
normal sales level. And it's been interesting, though, that in this week, right now is a key mm. time, we've started to see some change. So a couple of the other metrics we've been tracking are um, how many restaurants are completely closed. And that's been hovering between 45 and 48. And another one is of the restaurants who are open, how have their sales been doing? And that's generally been hovering about 60% down or saying that their sales are 40% of normal. And, and something that we've noticed this week, though, which has been really promising, and I think part of it is because some of the government loans and the payroll protection, some of those things have been hitting this week. And I think it has been making a difference in the public's mindset and their ability to go to restaurants. Certain states have started to open back up. I think that right. that has had right. an impact. And so what we've noticed is, for example, restaurant closures is now hovering around 42%. And so not a crazy jump, but it is a positive trend if you look at the chart. And another one is that of the stores that are open, their sales have gone from that 60% down to more like 50% during this week. For example, just I think it was two days ago, uh, was up 15% over the prior week. So, so we're starting to see a good mm. change there. Mm -hmm. And I'm hopeful that this is the beginning of that. I know that a number of other states have talked about loosening up some of their restrictions. Now, you know, some of them have given a two-week time frame. Some of them said during May. Um, so it, it'll be different across the country. But as those things start to lift, I'm hopeful that we can see a continual, gradual increase in the industry. And I don't know if you'd like me to spend time on it, but I have some thoughts around, you know, really where I think it's going. So I would, actually. If, if you wouldn't mind, Tony, I think all this is helpful information. And, you know, I think our audience are really you know, seeking as much information as they can get because we have to make informed decisions and that comes from information and then we make our best decisions based on that. So anything you can offer would be super helpful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when, when I think about uh, the future of the industry, usually what I think about in this crisis, I'll tell people, oh, put us on pause. You know, because basically you had them saying, you're not able to go and eat at restaurants the way that you would. And I felt like that paused our industry. But as I thought about it more, I decided it was more like it put on fast forward a few things in the industry, not just pause. And, and so really three key areas that I think it fast forwarded and I think will be indicative of how we come out of this. So as you think about coming out, um, as I said before, different states are going to open up at different times. Yes. And there's going to be uh, measures where I think pretty, pretty general restaurants aren't going to be able to fill up their dining rooms to 100% capacity because of some of the spacing requirements, right? I They're know. asking for right. distance between people. And so a lot of restaurants may be required to go to 50% of normal. And, and at 50% of normal, you think, uh, even if they fill to 100% capacity, that's going to be 50% of dine-in sales that they can expect for a while. Now, how long or which states, I can't guarantee that, but that is going to happen for a time. And, and besides the requirement to space, I think we're also going to see the general public wanting to. You know, there's going to be a portion of our society that just isn't as comfortable for a time. Mm -hmm. And so I think we're going to mm -hmm. see this ramp both based on regulation and buyer sentiment where the restaurants are going to get back to maybe 25% of their dine-in sales. And then they'll get to 50. And this is going to last, I think, for, for months. And I think it's going to be throughout the course of 2020 that you see that climb back up. It may not be until 2021 where they come all the way back. Uh, but when I say all the way back, I had mentioned putting the industry on fast forward. Let me touch on that. I don't know that some of these groups ever come all the way back for dine-in sales. They may come back to 100% of overall sales, but their mix is going to be a little different than it used to be. So let me just touch a little bit on that. Absolutely. I think, I think that what's happening here, I think there's really three pieces that were put on fast forward that I've seen so far. Number one, every conference that I used to go to before this hit or every interview I did, there's a question I always get asked, what about delivery and online ordering? Every time people were asking me that, because I think everyone could see that that was starting to take foothold and, it, and they felt like it really had a place in the industry years in the future. This was five years out. What's the industry going to look like? You know, 10 years out, is it going to be uh, half delivery? Well, what this 
crisis has done is fast forwarded our adoption of that, right? It forced restaurants to be able to do more takeout and more delivery sooner than they may have otherwise done it. And it also forced customers to install these apps and order online and things that might be out of a number of their comfort zones if they still want to get their favorite food from the restaurant. And so it's really fast forwarded that adoption. Now, do I think that means everyone moves towards an off-premise dining experience in the future? No, of course not. But like I said, I think that as dine-in gradually comes back, it may land at 90% of what it used to be. And that may be the new norm for a number of restaurants. And that other 10% doesn't go away, but it might be made up now by takeout, by delivery and other off-premise ways of, of eating that same food. And, and the restaurants will be okay. They'll be able to deliver that now because they've been forced in this trial by fire to develop those mechanisms. So that's one key way I think that the industry has been fast forwarded and maybe forever changed, but only slightly. I don't think it means everything goes to off-premise. A second way that I think we've really hit fast forward is when it comes to restaurants, this is a sad one, but I think when it comes to restaurants that were struggling and there's, you know, there's certain areas of full service dining that seem to be having some of the most decline prior to this crisis. And some of those groups were having some financial difficulties. And, and so the sad part of this is I think it's fast forwarded the, the demise of a few of these restaurants where they've, they've been forced to shut down in the short term. And some of those restaurants that were already having the financial difficulties, already seeing decline in sales, are not going to open back up. And so that was a fast forward where they may have been able to last this out for another two or three years and find new creative ways to do things, but instead abruptly have been halted. Now, I don't think that that means the future of the restaurant industry means less restaurants. I think it means that restaurants, new ones that grow in their place, may be thinking differently. They might be more efficiency or technology focus. They might be more off-premise dining focus. So I think there'll be restaurants sprouting up with different focuses that will come in place of some of these others that will likely uh, move out of the industry. And, and that's sad for me. I love the restaurant mm -hmm. industry and, and I have a lot of favorite restaurants. And so I hate to see that. Um, and then the third way that I think this may have fast forwarded our industry. Sorry, I'm talking so long. No, please. This is all valuable information. You can tell I'm passionate about it. So uh, number three for me is I think that it's also ushering in more of a, an adoption from restaurants or a, a focus on efficiencies, on cost management, and a lot of that based around technology. You know, we our company started in 2011. And that was a key time. I think in the industry over this last decade, we've seen a lot more adoption of technology starting to be forward thinking. Is there intelligence, you know, software intelligence that can give me answers? Uh, but, but not by the entire industry. But right now, I think that adoption is increasing. People who use our tool are diving further into the tool. They're calling and asking us how they can get more out of it. And, and I think that's something that's not going to stop. I think that's clearly going on in the industry. Um, and, and we'll continue forward with people looking for what tools can I now use that are really going to drive this. And, and so those are three things I think will happen in the future. Okay, that's all super important for us to make these decisions moving forward. And I think the key takeaway in what you were saying was restaurants have been forced to step out of their comfort zone and get really resourceful and really creative and come up with a way of, well, the pivot is the, you know, the most used word right now. Okay, we if we can't have sit-down dining right now, and even when we do have sit-down dining, it might be that not at the same volume it was when we closed. It's like we got to find new profit centers, new ways of delivering what we have, but we still need to make money with it. So when you're talking about things being 50% down, and even with you know the takeout and delivery model, sales were 50% of what they used to be, then suddenly you can't sustain the whole staff you had before. And you need to know what your daily break-even number is. And maybe there are some days that you can make money with the new model and maybe there are days that it just makes sense to close because you can't make money and all these things are affecting restaurants that you know without the type of software that you offer there's so many operators out there that just literally are you know 
making decisions, shooting from the hip, and they don't really have the data and the tools to provide them in order to make these really strong decisions that they have to make now, and they're being forced to make it. So, you know, I think everything you said was really relevant, and it was food for thought. There's a cliche in this industry, but you know what I mean. It's, it's really important that we talk about this stuff, but I guess what we really want to get across now, John, thank you for all that data and, and the statistics, because I think that's important. Let's talk about what Restaurant 365 really is. Um, you saw a need because you're passionate, obviously. You mentioned that. I could tell from talking to you <laughs> that, that your, your main objective here is to move this industry forward. And you're really elevating the industry and making it more efficient to run a restaurant. Because a restaurant, I've always said, is one of a thousand details. And there's so much about owning or managing a restaurant that requires you to be proactive and not reactive, even though the daily fires are always happening, the unexpected is around the next corner, we're just trying to put out good food, but I got 10,000 things to think about. And the last thing, you know, or a lot of things that get avoided are the taking of inventory because it's a tedious process or it requires the old school way, math and understanding what that means and figuring out your prime costs and all this stuff. And I know from experience and from working with clients and just in networking in the industry with all the partners that I have that there's so many restaurants out there that aren't doing that, but here's the big opportunity to move forward. So I know that your suite includes, you know, it includes accounting, it includes inventory, it includes labor and scheduling, it includes manager logs and sales reporting. It consolidates all these different functions into a completely useful tool that allow you to efficiently run a business so that literally at a moment's glance, you know where you're at and it doesn't take you forever to figure this stuff out the old school way. So let's talk about each individual piece, how they integrate together, how they work from a point of sale system, and how now you can, you know, if you've got multiple locations, you can share data with different managers and make critical decisions on a chain basis or even an individual one independent restaurant location, right? Yeah. So where do you want to begin? Should we start with accounting and then move on to inventory, just kind of go in the flow of the direction as I, as I mentioned them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That works. That works well for me. You know, it's funny as you were talking, you you were making it sound like it's not that fun to to be a restaurant <laughs> operator some of the time. And and you know, it's, you're right. Those are as pain points, that, Tony. They're called I, pain I, points. Yeah, I thought I thought maybe maybe a saying, a new saying in the restaurant industry yeah. could be, you know, what's the difference between yeah, serving food out of your home kitchen and serving food at a restaurant, it's probably 10,000 headaches is the difference, right? Because <laughs> in the restaurant, there is just so much you have to keep track of and it gets very yep. complex and it really is a business. And and so that's really the premise behind where our software was born. And and so, yeah, we, we have modules, we have accounting, and then we have inventory and recipe management that fits with that. We have uh, scheduling and labor cost management and analysis into payroll. And we have all of these pieces working seamlessly together. Sales analysis, we have a lots of smaller features, sales forecasting. And, and, and as you start to tie these pieces together, what you're hoping to end up with is this system that can make many of the decisions for you, or at least recommendations with which then you can make the decisions. Because if you look at what you want to get out of any system, even if you were using paper, as you mentioned in, you know, at one point to me that you've used paper in the past, uh, you know, it, you go from wanting to record something, you know, you write down what happened. Yep. Then you want to get to a level of not just writing down or knowing what happened, but then you want to be able to analyze what happened to know which was good and which was bad. And then you want to go from that level to then insights. Right. I and and I actually want to gather besides knowing what was good and bad, what did I do that helped it be good? And how can I do more of that? You want to get to this point where it's predictive to say, what can I do now that will make next week better? And and that those are things that our system is trying to help people with. So from an accounting perspective, we built a full accounting package around the restaurant industry. So it's very specific to the industry and that helps them to gather a lot of efficiencies. One of the things our system offers is automation on the accounting side. We automate the accounts payable, the invoice and the payment side of it, we can automate for you. We help to automate a number of things around banking. How complex is the cash management and banking at a restaurant? 
especially when you're a group that has multiple units and you're receiving different payment types and then you're putting a lot of payments out to vendors. And so we try to uh, automate and make that part of it more efficient. And then something that we help with with that is that we pull the data from your point of sale at all of the stores, whether you have one or you have a thousand, we pull the data every day. And, and then we will do the accounting for you based on those sales and some of the things that happen throughout the day. And even your labor, we'll pull your time punches and do a daily estimate of what labor cost you that day so that every single day you could run a profit and loss report and see how your store is done. And so it's very timely versus, you know, maybe an old way of thinking is, yes, I, I either use paper or I use some system to manage the operations at my restaurant and it's a little more disparate and spread out. And then at corporate, I'm using an accounting system that once a month I pump out my financial statement and I actually see how I did. Well, you can't run a restaurant with two no. different types of numbers, right? And you tell the manager at the end of the month they did poorly when according to their measures, they thought they were doing well. And so that's some of the value of getting more of these features into one spot. And so outside of just accounting, but it is interesting that the restaurant managers at stores are daily running P&Ls, weekly running profit and loss reports. And they're so in sync with the others in the restaurant, with the owner, um, that they're speaking the same language. So then you go to our inventory tool where we have ordering and inventory. So we help suggest what order people may want for the food and the ingredients. And a lot of the food ordering and the help with scheduling of employees is based on sales forecasting. So if you can accurately forecast your sales for say next Tuesday, then you can make much better decisions today on this Thursday of what you should be ordering and of who you should be putting on staff on that day. And so a lot of that starts with our system now has a smart forecasting feature, which helps people to do just that. And as we can forecast more accurately what you're going to do next week, then on the food cost side, we can help you understand what you would want to order in which quantities, knowing your recipes, knowing the ingredients. And then once you get that food in, we also have mobile app that helps you count the stock and keep much better track of the stock that, that you have in the store. And then we automate the accounting side of that, which then, you know, accounts for the costs and, and updates your profit and loss in real time. And at the same time, on the labor side with our scheduling module, we use that same sales forecast to then recommend how many employees you want on the clock. And you may give a benchmark that at your store, you want say you know labor to be 20% of sales. Other stores want 30. It depends on what type of guest experience you're going for. And so you can enter, plug in those factors into our system, and then it will help make, make those recommendations. And, and from there, you start to see the beauty of having all of these functions within the same platform, because then not only are you able to predict and able to take some of that headache away on the front end, but then the system automates and makes easy to keep track of it and evaluate your performance and how you really did on the backside of that uh, with, uh, with a very little work on your side. Are you integrating with most of the major POS systems and new ones are coming online all the time and you're constantly upgrading and updating your ability to work with each system? Because it seems like there's a new POS company coming out just about every day. And there's so many, you know, really, really solid ones, you know, and yeah, yeah, you have a lot of the major players and then you have a whole lot of others out there. Mm. Um, I, I don't know of a company that integrates with more than us. So yeah, that's a good question. To answer your question, yes, we okay. are integrated. We integrate with about 100 point of sale systems right now that we're pulling data from daily. That's amazing. It's amazing that there's one so many systems out there that they're all making money. But it's yeah. another thing that you can continue to integrate with them all and how challenging that process must be, but I'm sure you got it dialed now because you've done it so many times. Okay, so that begs the question. We talked a little bit about the accounting. I want to ask you a detailed question about that and the inventory, but let's start with accounting. 
So we're automating the whole accounts payable process. And let's just say in a typical restaurant, the invoices come in two ways, either come in the mail or they get left behind by the delivery driver when he drops off you know, your goods for the week. Um, liquor in most states is COD. So now that stuff gets auto debited from your account. Now you got a whole stack of invoices that have either been paid or they need to be paid. They all have different terms. You know, you might have 30 day terms with this vendor and two week terms with another one. And now you got all this stuff and you need a bookkeeper to deal with all this stuff, make sure everything gets paid on time, make sure everything gets recorded in your accounting package. You know, I've been using QuickBooks for 20 plus years. And now we're talking about a software system for accounting. Does that include the bookkeeping software where you data enter things? Or does it integrate with QuickBooks and just automatically take the data from the POS and download it into QuickBooks? Or is it another software? Tell us about that. Yeah, great, great. So, uh, yes, we are the full accounting package. So you would no longer use QuickBooks if you're using us. And oh, that cool. is where you enter your uh -huh. invoices and pay your bills and do your yeah. bank reconciliation and have a GL. So, so we are all of that to them, plus the operational side I chatted about before. Wow. And so to understand, like for example, the complexity around accounts payable that you talked about. Mm -hmm. So we we have four ways that. You know, I think you, you had mentioned, too, that invoices might come either in the mail or dropped off at the store. Or emailed, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and email is another one. Yeah. And, and we so we work with so many of these food vendors that we try to make that process easy. So we have relationships with a lot of those food vendors where we will go pull the invoice automatically, electronically and enter it into our system for you, you know, by electronic means. The second way you mentioned email if they email it to our, we have a restaurant 365 email address for each customer. And mm -hmm. if the vendor emails it there, then again, it automatically That's gets bold. pulled into the system nice, for them. Nice. And like that, that reduces a lot of the paper invoices that do have to get mailed or left behind. There still are those, of course. And so for those, we actually have in our mobile app that at the store, you can pull up the app and take a picture with your phone of the invoice. And then that goes into our central processing and those invoices also get into the system. So no matter how you get the invoice, we're going to get it into the system for you. And then from there, you mentioned the complexity of the payment terms, different vendors, different relationships. So as long as you've entered those terms into the system one time, then there's this payment run screen in our system that takes all the invoices and shows you based on what should be due what ones you might want to pay. And then you can go and click off which ones you want to pay. And then we also have a payment process. You can pay manually yourself if you want, but you can also use restaurant 365 payments where then you just click process payments and it goes through our engine. And then some it might pay by check, some it pays by ACH, some it can pay by virtual credit card when the vendors accept that. If they do accept that, you get a portion of the rebate yourself, you know, as uh, a restaurant. Yeah. So, make a little money back on it. But, uh, but yeah, so that, that's one of the ways that we really take some complexity out of a process that is a headache. Let me throw another wrench in your gears, but you probably have the answer to this too, because you got this stuff dialed. <laughs> so let's, let's talk about all the different vendors and how their paper invoices or online invoices are laid out. In a lot of cases, we need to, no, in every case, we need to properly classify what is actually food, what is actually beverage, what is actually uh, operating supply or cleaning supply and all that kind of stuff. And most of the time on all these, you know, they're buried in there and they're not separated out. Does your software somehow separate and properly classify so we can get an accurate food cost and beverage cost, know what our dry goods is and all that other sort of thing? That's right. So there's two ways to enter invoices in our system. You can do it what we call by account, which is what you're saying by cost category, or right. you can do it by item and have the detailed items, which generally by item is the better way because that helps mm -hmm. you to manage your stock. And since we're getting oh, the gotcha. in, right. in for you automatically, it's better to do it by item. So mm -hmm. then the key is that to categorize each item properly one time in item setup. And once that's categorized, then anytime you put that item on the invoice, it's going to break them into the categories like food, beverage, you know, meat, poultry, whatever you might want to do to categorize those. And so, yeah, it's really about the item setup one time to be able to gotcha. do that. And so for us, we, we've developed a database of, I, I have to check the number because it's always growing, but I think right now it's around 100,000 items that we have across a lot of different vendors' catalogs. 
in our system already. And so then you go through and you're picking from these items that you purchase and they already have the proper category set on them because we know these vendors, we've done business with them in the past. And so we're trying to make all of that very streamlined for people. Okay, perfect. You've answered that question. Let me ask you about inventory now. Inventory means two different things to two different sets of restaurant operators. And for a lot of operators, inventory is, okay, I've got to walk around and see what I sold this week in order to place an order. And it's not necessarily calculating the value of goods on hand so that you can get a true food cost. It's literally, okay, I need to know what I need to order and what pars I need to maintain so that I don't run out of product and I'm literally, you know, in the right place and all that sort of thing. So, with the inventory valuation method, the old school way is, okay, you're, you're weighing certain things. You're looking at full cases versus partially open cases. You're looking at pars. It might be sauces and soups that are prepared in 10-gallon buckets in the walk-in. And everything like that has a value assigned to it. How does the software accurately determine the value of inventory at any given point, whether it's the end of the week or the end of the month, and still calculate those pars that are goods that have already been produced that are just sitting there that need to be heated up, whether it's a soup or a sauce or a salad dressing, or, you know, uh, maybe it's half a case of lemons versus a full case of lemons, you know, how does that work? Yeah. 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 Uh, let's see here. Okay. That's a, that's a broad question. Let me see how I can keep that one fairly concise. We, we do a lot around that. So, okay, cool. Uh, so let me think here. I think maybe the best way to talk about it is, with inventory, you can do one of you can do two things. One, you can calculate theoretically what you should have on hand, and two, you can count what you do have on hand. So with our system, we don't recommend that people trust the theoretical completely and they stop counting. We recommend that you still count. And we try to make our mobile app very efficient so that it helps as you count as you walk around the store and it has it in order, shelf to sheet. Yeah, in as a it should app. be. Yep. It has a calculator so that it helps you process if you have a partial case and you can you have different units of measure so you can count it across many different units. Oh, I have a bottle plus I have a case plus I have you know some some other item, a pallet. And so as they do that, we try to make the counting easy. But the reason we recommend still counting is because you always want to compare to your theoretical and the system will automatically do that part. And the system pumps out once you've counted, here's what we think you should have. And so when I say theoretical, what I mean is you've done a certain amount of sales. We know what your inventory was, say, at the beginning of the week or the beginning of the month. We know what you've ordered since then. We know what you've sold and we understand your recipes. So based on your ingredient mix, you should have this many beans left, for example. Okay? Yeah, okay. You have this many beans. Yeah. And then you went and did a count and you only had, you know, 70% of that. So then our system runs a report at the end of any cycle. You can run it and then see what items are your biggest offenders. Where are you off the most from what you should have had to what you had? And, and so that's a key of why you should still count is so that you can keep yourself honest and, and even sadly a state of the industry so that you can keep your employees honest. If Thank people you. don't think you're counting anymore, yes, then yes. steaks are going to start walking out the door, you know, Correct. or a bottle of wine yep. or avocado, mm -hmm. some of these high value items. And, and so what we do is we encourage counting, we make it easy, and then we run the theoretical side of it and we tell you which ones are furthest off. And, and then... Another part of the inventory of keeping inventory honest is that you have to account for other ways that that stock gets used besides just putting it into onto a plate and serving it to a customer. For example, you have waste. So we have a spot in the system to record your waste oh. so that we, we can factor that in when we're telling you how much you should have lay, left. Another mm -hmm. one, if you've got multiple restaurants in your group, you often have transfers. You know, one store runs out of lettuce and Correct. you send them a box mm -hmm. of it. So, yep. so then we have a, a spot in our system that makes transfers between your locations very seamless. And even if they belong to different legal entities, we have an automatic intercompany processing so that the intercompany accounting side that I won't bore you with talking about that and what do to one company and do from another. 
we do all that automatically when you process one of those transfers. So we try to make inventory transfers very seamless. And, and in doing so, you start to build the entire picture around what's happening to your inventory. And then when we run your theoreticals, it's very accurate. And then when you're off from the count, you know it's a couple reasons that that's off. Either initially we set things up wrong, or that's walking out the door, or a plate is getting over portioned. Because that's one thing that our system doesn't really have visibility into if on the line portion you control. out more beads yep. and put it on yep. the plate. But, um, but, but those are really the ones. And lastly, I might just say one thing you mentioned was prepped items. How do you handle if you've already made a soup or you've made a batch of ranch dressing using some of your other ingredients? But those are, may not be end items. They might also be used in another recipe. You know, your ranch is used on the salad or whatever it might be. Um, yes, yeah, so our, our system has a prep module as well, where then you can prep ingredients and turn them into another item. And now the system will start tracking the quantities of those prepped items. And then you can count those in the stock count as well. And so you can count raw ingredients, plus you can count prepped items. And as you go through this, the system is always trying to keep a true number of where you stand. Ever work in a restaurant before, Tony? Because it sounds like this all came from operational in the trenches, what the challenges are, not to miss any little detail because all this integrates together. I mean, you, you've thought of it all. Boy, so uh, it's funny. My, my history is not deep in restaurants. Uh, did I work at Little Caesars back in high school? Yes. Yes, I know how to pull yeah. a pizza out. I know how to uh-huh. cut those things up. But, um, but in terms of in-depth experience, no. But the thing that I did in the past I'm very passionate about efficiency. I I think I was made on the earth to bring efficiency to wherever I go. And and so I'm so passionate about it. And and my earlier career was taking technology to many industries and, and really evaluating that industry and figuring out how technology can help them to be more effective and efficient. And, and so then the exciting part when we chose to go to restaurants specifically instead of any industry was that we could go very deep. That was really exciting to us as we started this company. And so when we did that, I started to go to restaurants. I'd go and count inventory with them at night. I'd stand with the managers as they cashed out their, their servers and, and gave them their tips for the night. I'd, I'd sit with them when they closed up their books or took the deposit. And, and I started to live as a restaurant manager. And then I'd go to the corporate office with a number of others at our company. We'd all go and we'd take part in this and just dove in, you know, head first. And, and it was really great to be able to immerse ourselves in that because my earlier career was trying to do that. And it was with a new industry every year, every few months. And, and how much I've loved diving into one industry to the point where I just you know, understand all of these ins and outs and not only understand them, but then try to put it in a way where a machine can understand it and then help us to do our job, especially the more menial tasks or the calculation part of it that no one really wants to do themselves anymore. Unbelievable. That's really thinking things through and yeah, not missing anything. That's, that's really important. Let me ask you about this process now. I get a really good sense of what it does and how it works and how much time this could potentially save in a restaurant. But let's talk about the learning curve. Let's talk about the onboarding process and how much is necessary on the part of an owner or a general manager, whoever's going to integrate this. What's the support like on your side and how long does it take to get us up to speed before one, it's operating and two, we're really comfortable using it? Oh, great. So when people sign up, we assign them into an onboarding group or, you know, we assign them a coach who's going to walk them through this process. Okay. So they come, they come into this process and, and we've started to create some more automated tools as well that help to gather some of this information, such as tell us the details about your restaurant locations, you know, give us the information around what the company looks like that owns these restaurants. And and we start to gather a lot of different data. What, what vendors do you purchase from? Okay, let's line that up with the item list that we know of so that we can get your items into the system. And, And as we start to walk through and coach them through that, we can get that whole system set up within a matter of a couple or a few weeks. And at that point, it's off to the races on learning the system. And so we've created an academy. And so when the user logs in based on their user role, the type of restaurant, 
you know, if they're a manager versus if they're someone in accounts payable that works at the corporate office or whoever they might be, then it, it suggests which courses they should watch. And these are short video courses. They watch those, they take little quizzes, they get certified in the system through this uh, process and they can learn it. The, the great thing we like about the academy that we've created instead of when we used to just have manual training is you can't go back to your manual training very easily and watch it. But the Academy, you can watch that video as many times as you want. Mm -hmm. And so we've tried to link that up and we've been working more and more within the system so that after you're live, you're also able to click around on the screen and have help that's interactive or take you back to, you know, the Academy, the spot where you wanted to remember something about a screen. And so we're trying to make that process as seamless as possible. Of course, if you're implementing a system as robust as ours and you are replacing so many facets of the business, you know, you might've been using four different software systems or two systems and paper and Excel. And, and so as you replace that, of course, it's going to take some effort. But we've worked to try to make that as, as simple as possible for people. And so you can be up and running in as little as a month on our system. And uh, some of the timing usually ends up on the side of the restaurant, depending on how fast they want to go, how deep they want to dive into this right off the bat. And, and so another thing is we can take people live on one section of the system. They don't have to go into everything all at once. And so we can break it oh, up and say, sense. what's your... What's your highest value? And then yeah. we kind of build a ladder of what wow. value you have, and we'll just take you step by step there, just so there you aren't eating the elephant, you know, all in one bite. That makes perfect sense. Okay, cool. Now this is all cloud-based, of course, and all the data is available in real time, and that's great. And you can also share this data across different locations. We've talked a little bit about that. And you in uh management role, ownership role can decide who gets to see what data and all that sort of thing. So there's controls there. That's correct. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Robust security model. Yep. Uh -huh. Okay, perfect. So let's talk about what a daily flash report does. Ah, so daily flash report, we have a number of daily flash reports in the system because we found that different restaurants like to look at different data as their flash. Okay. So we give a lot of options. And then they can set that up to be emailed out daily and they can choose who it's going to go out to. And so once you've compiled all your data for the day and everything is set up, you have a time that this report has been designated that's going to go out. It goes out and it has every restaurant that you own. So if you own multiple restaurants, you have multiple stores right back to back to back with each other so that you can see differences between the stores. You can have exceptions identified. So it might say this store had a number of voids, you know, and it'll show them because that's voids can be a red flag item, you know, or, or comp sales. It can say, Hey, there were a lot of comps at this store and we can even force the restaurant manager when they're closing in the evening to put a reason behind every comp and provide a little more color to it because this flash report is meant to give those leaders of the restaurant a daily review at every store as basically as though they were there themselves. And so there's parts of the system, the restaurant manager can put in comments, hey, here's how this part of the, this, this day part went. Oh, it was raining, here's what impacted. We had a sports game that night, we got a rush at 7 p.m., you know, whatever it might be. And so as they put that data in, and so we have some thought from the restaurant manager combined with analytics and calculations from the system of what cash should you have had. Hey, you actually had a variance between what cash you said you received and what cash you should have received. Uh -huh. and, and we try to analyze all of that and for every store at once. And then we put that out in a report every single day to people. So we're very competitive as restaurant owners and managers, and we always want to know or at least believe that we're doing better than we did the same day last year. And I know that an old school way would be to take copious notes every single day of what happened. You know, did it rain? Did it snow? Did we have an unexpected tour bus pull up and 50 people came in? You know, all this stuff sort of impacts the sales number on any given day. So this is all available historically. We can look back on the same day last year and, and follow and see if we, and that's all part of the forecasting for labor and all these things, right? To the extent that we know the information to be true. That's right. Yeah. So uh, on one hand, you talked about the comments that they write in yeah. that we consider the manager log. Yes. So they can keep a manager log as much as they want and shift mm -hmm. supervisors can keep it for just their shift if they want. And, and so we can always pull those back up. But at the same time, 
the actual sales figures that they had by day part can then be analyzed versus the sales figures they have this year. And we can show them, hey, you were up 3%. And we actually have a calendar. You can look at it on a monthly view and it'll have some days in a more favorable color than other days, You know, meaning that they did better on sales compared to last year. And there's some spots in the system you can choose. Do I wanna compare to same day last year? Or do I wanna compare to say an eight week average the last eight weeks? Or do I want to compare to both? And so there's lots of flexibility there on what they're going to look at. And they are competitive with themselves. They're also competitive with each other. So we have some parts in the system where if they're given access, they can see locations side by side, maybe anonymized what the location names are. So they don't know who they're actually competing with at a group that owns multiple locations. But they'll see that my store was 40th percentile in you know, food cost management. So they can see some of those things as well. That's awesome. So during this crisis, there's lots of companies in this industry. Everyone's trying to, we're all in this together. What can we do to help the industry move forward? What can we do to help stricken operators that are just trying to get their relief loans and trying to keep their staff on, you know, (laughs) paid and all those other sorts of things. Now, I know Restaurant 365 is offering specific offers right now to get a new restaurant on board. And you've got a program that's available, I believe, for four months for free. Is that is that correct? And do you want to tell the audience what that is and how it works? Yeah, yeah, sure. We have a a few things we're doing right now. The one that you mentioned, I'll I'll say first then. So for non-customers, we're offering scheduling and our smart labor. Smart labor is the tool that helps you sales forecast and then suggest the schedule around that. Mm -hmm. Um, And and so we have have that function for free for for new customers for four months. So that's one that we're doing. and, And it's been great to be able to bring some people onto that system and, and so that they can hopefully receive some real value there. Um, another thing that we're doing uh, for customers, we're doing two things. So on our customers, one, we have, we have a robust accounting partner channel. So a lot of accounting firms that do accounting and bookkeeping for restaurants are partners of ours. And, and so with this big channel, we can help people use their expertise. And we actually have talked to a number of partners for them to be able to offer free services to the restaurants in the short term so that they can help them and do financial consultations. And, and then another thing we're doing with our customers is on our professional services. So we have a team that dives in and helps people try to get more out of the system, clean up their data, you know, do as much as they can to make smarter decisions. And so right now where that team usually costs, uh, you know, money to, to use some of those hours, uh, we, we're offering so many free hours right now to help people just dive in and get the most out of the system. Basically, we are putting all of our resources into helping customers and the industry without expecting money in return for, for the assistance that we're trying to give, these new ways we're trying to get creative and help people. A few of the things we're doing you know, outside of, say, a free module or a free hour Some of the other things we're doing, we've created a COVID-19 resource center, and we're constantly putting blogs and webinars out with instruction, just trying to educate people on maybe the the PPP loans or um, on how to run a break-even calculation on their restaurant, you know, and, and giving them marketing tips around, you know, how to appeal to their customers in this new environment that we're in. Um, And at the same time, we've pivoted a lot of our product roadmap to try to create some features that will immediately add value. So so we're diving in full force to things that will help them with understanding their delivery efficiency um, and and a break-even analysis tool included within the software that they can run, um, uh, some health and safety features that we're looking at, because I believe health and safety is going to be a key component coming out of this, right? With how clean are are your workers' hands? Are you following checklists? Oh yeah. So so we're we're building features around a lot of (laughs) those things. One of the great things we saw on that is with the easy access to this data, with getting their profit and loss within our system, they can easily access some of the things they needed to get loans. And for example, we worked with one of our accounting partners on this. We worked with a lot of them, but one of them reported that by easily getting all of this data out of our system, they were able to secure a loan for every one of their customers, their restaurant customers. And it was just fantastic to be able to see that. Man, that's so gratifying to know that you played a part in that and that 
again, we're all in this together and everyone's doing their part to not just think about what can I do in my organization, but what can I do for others? I think that's tremendous. Yeah, we're always looking for more. So if people have ideas, send them our yeah. way. We, we want to figure out the best ways uh, we can use our resources to help. Yeah. Like I said, we love this industry and we, we want it to thrive. Lots of value added there, Tony, for sure. Have we missed anything? We've covered a lot of ground here. I think I tried to give our audience a sense of what the platform does and how it integrates together and how it works and how it you know, seamlessly integrates and makes an operation more efficient. Is there anything else that you'd like to talk about that I haven't covered? No, you know, I, I think that uh, f- for hopes of not boring anyone, right, yeah. they don't need to hear. I think everyone's had the, their full dose of my voice for the day that they should hear. But, uh, but no, I really appreciate the time and diving into this deep. Um, I, I love it. And, and I know that as restaurants embrace some of the fast forward that we've been put on this fast track yes. into this new world that people will be successful coming out of this. I think that would be the final thought I want to leave people with is this will lift, right? Pandemics pass, recessions, and people go back to sporting events. People want to go back to restaurants. They yeah, want to be in their live. place again. Yeah. Restaurants will hire. I, I would leave people with this positive feeling that this will happen. I know it. And like I said, unfortunately, it may not be for every single restaurant that we know today, but the industry as a whole will be strong. And if people are smart in the way that they approach it coming out of this, then they will be able to thrive going into the future. Now, I've used that word a couple of times. That's really something that I've latched onto in this is I used to think about helping restaurants grow. That was my passion. Right now, I want to help them grow if they can, but even more, I want them to survive. I'm putting those two words together. I feel like our new mantra as a business is helping restaurants thrive because that means you survive and it can mean grow. It can mean anything that's positive there, but definitely you're getting through this. So if you go to restaurant365.com slash thrive, you'll find a lot of these resources I mentioned today and the ability to sign up for our scheduling and smart labor, all those things I talked about, that's where you'll find that. Okay, perfect. Well, that's fantastic. You also have a demonstration available on your website at restaurant365.com. You can literally get sort of a virtual tour of how this works and give people a better understanding of what we discussed today. That's right. Yep. Fantastic. Well, Tony, it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. That was a a tremendous amount of information, not only with the statistics in the beginning, but also a system that you can put in place to move your operation forward, to not just, you know, survive, but to really succeed in the future. So thanks again for joining us. That was the Restaurant Rockstars podcast, folks, and we will see you in the next episode. Thanks again for tuning in. That's a wrap, guys. Thanks for tuning in, as always. You know, we're all in this together. We're all helping. Everyone in this business has really rallied together because this is the worst challenge we've ever faced. But we can, in fact, come out the other side stronger. It's all about putting a plan in place. So my thing is I love talking shop with operators. I offer a 30-minute, no-obligation phone call. We can talk about your challenges. We can talk about your pain points. And I can give you tips and ideas and advice and proven strategies that will literally help you through this and Again, put your house in order, systemize your restaurant, empower your staff, train your staff to sell more, and make your restaurant more profitable. Now is the time. This is the business of a thousand details, and this is probably one of the most important details ever, is let's talk about what your systems could be and how we could execute those in your restaurant. So if this intrigues you, reach out to me, Roger, R-O-G-E-R, at restaurantrockstars.com. I'd love to talk to you. We'll set up a chat. No obligation, of course. We certainly appreciate you listening to the podcast, but if you find these episodes helpful, you can also reach out to me at that email address. Let me know what you want to hear or any guests that you think would be particularly um, you know, significant for our audience to hear that would benefit the audience. And please do leave us a review on iTunes because it will help other owners and managers find us. Thanks again. Stay well. We'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. For lots of great resources, head over to restaurantrockstars.com. See you next time.